Welcome to Staying the Course. Join us as we navigate the uncompromised Word of God with Pastor Brett Peterson. Uh, Father God, we thank you for this uh, beautiful day. God, we do lift up our brothers and sisters and Messianic Christians in Israel right now. God, I pray that in every war since 1948, your hand prevailed. So God, we know that prophecy is true, that your word is true. So God, we just pray that your will would be done. God, that you would be with them. And Father, for uh, everyone here in our nation, wow, we, we desperately need your help because, God, our country has fallen apart. So, Lord, I pray that you would raise up mighty men and women of God. Lord, that you would fill them with your Holy Spirit and power and strength and words. And we pray, Lord, that you would just uh, bring a revival, Lord, to those that are seeking you first. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, we're currently going through the Gospel of Luke, and last week we finished chapter 9, and Jesus really talked about what it, what it is to be a Christ follower. And today, in light of what's happening in Israel, I felt compelled to go over some end-time kind of stuff. And so, 50 years ago, on October 6th, almost to the day, 1973, Israel was attacked by Egypt and Syria, and the Yom Kippur War broke out. Who remembers that? 1973, yeah. Uh, before that, 1967, uh, the Six-Day War broke out, and they retook uh, Jerusalem. They always prevailed. Of note, 50 years, yeah, I just said that. Okay, Palestine, by the way, September 29th, 1923, 50 years before the 1973, Palestine became a distinct political entity for the first time in centuries. Isn't that interesting? Okay, what's significant about 50 years? Who remembers? Yeah, Jubilee, yeah, we're going to get there with this timeline. So there's three Jubilees that we see in the, the timeline. Remember this, that Israel is God's time clock. All of prophecy revolves around Israel. In fact, we're told Jerusalem in the last days would be a trembling cup for the whole world. All the eyes of the world would be on Israel and on Jerusalem. So I don't know if you can see that. Hopefully it's big enough. But 70 AD, we know that Israel was dispersed and that was prophesied. Throughout the Old Testament, God said, if you break covenant with me, I'm going to uh, remove you from the land that I gave your forefathers and spread you across the face of the earth. That happened in 70 AD, the great diaspora. 1917, Israel was regathered back to the land. Uh, 1948, they became a nation, and the UN was established. Israel back in Jerusalem, 1967. I didn't put these in order. <laughs> All right, Yom Kippur War, 1973. Uh, the desert started to bloom in the 1980s. 1917, the United States and other uh, countries around the world recognized Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. 
Wow, for the first time in thousands of years. Amazing. Uh, 2020, peace was made. Trump uh, got that peace treaty with the United Arab Emirates and Israel. That's important because the United Arab Emirates are not part of the Gog-Magog War, Ezekiel 37 and 38, or the Psalm 83 War, which we're going to talk about a little bit today. And Hamas declared war 2023. So from 1973, Yom Kippur War, almost to the day, 50 years later, uh, two days, or yesterday, Hamas declared war with Israel and all of that. So all of this could be a catalyst for end time events. Today, Jews, actually on this day, it started last night at sunset, celebrate Simchat Torah. And that's where they celebrate the giving of the Torah. And they usually this day celebrate in the streets, they dance, it's the most celebrant holiday, the Jews, or a festival that the Jews observe. And could be that's why uh, Hamas decided to attack during this time, because they not only attacked on the Shabbat, the Sabbath, Saturday, but um, the, the eve of Shemkat Torah when the Torah was given. So yesterday morning, they did that. Israel is at war again. All the countries around them want Israel destroyed. They really do. If you listen to what the uh, Muslim clerics are writing and saying, what, what have you read? What, what are they saying? What is Hamas saying? What is Iran saying? We want to wipe Israel off the face of the earth so that their name won't be remembered again, right? Okay, it is crazy because that's Bible prophecy. And by the way, Bible prophecy always comes true. So the Psalm 83 war, they make shrewd plans, Psalm 83.3, against your people and conspire together against your treasured ones. They have said, come, let us wipe them out as a nation. Have you heard that? You probably read that in headlines. Folks, these guys are quoting the prophecy that's really about them and against them. Let us wipe them out as a nation that the name of Israel be remembered no more, for they have conspired together with one mind. And folks, most of the Arab world, why does the world hate Jews so much? Why is there so much anti-Semitism throughout the generations? Because uh, Hitler, anti-Semitism is on the rise. It's all over, all over the world. God told them if they break covenant, he would spread them across the face of the earth and the world would hate them and they would be a byword. You know, when I grew up, uh, uh, we used to say, hey, let's try to Jew them down. Have you ever heard that? Anybody? <laughs> right. Okay, so all, all of that, they really became a byword and anti-Semitism. Second Chronicles 7.20. Then, if they break covenant, I will uproot you from uh, my land, which I have given you, and this house, which I have consecrated for my name, I will cast out of my sight, and I will make it a proverb and a byword among the peoples. Job 17.6 but he has made me a byword of the people, and I am one of them whom men spit. Job 39, and now I've become their taunt. I have even become a byword to them. Psalm 44, 14. You make us a byword among the nations, a laughingstock among the peoples. It's crazy how so many people would be anti-Semitic. 
but they are. It has to be spiritual. Satan hates God's people. And folks, right now, uh, God is not dealing with Israel except to line them up for end-time prophecy. He will again deal with Israel. Right now, God is dealing with the church as we are grafted in, and we are the descendants of Abraham through faith, Paul tells us in Romans. But almost 3,000 prophecies in the Bible, and two-thirds of them have already been fulfilled exactly as they were prophesied. Folks, that is proof the Bible is not written by men, but God through 40 scribes. Okay, but the end-time prophecies, the third that is left, are intriguing because, folks, we're living in the last days. How do we know that? Well, we're going to get there. It started in 1917. We know that for a fact, and we're going to go over the verses. So let's go over some prophecies that have been fulfilled leading up to this. 9 BC to 30 AD, over 300 prophecies, and some of those aren't direct prophecies. They're allusions to the Messiah were fulfilled in Jesus Christ. In fact, one of them, Daniel 9.26, then after the 62 weeks, the Messiah will be cut off and have nothing. And the people of the prince who is to come will destroy the city and the sanctuary, and its end will come with a flood. Even to the end, there will be war. Desolations are determined. So we know that Jesus came, first of all, as the suffering servant. The, the savior and redeemer of mankind, and he was cut off. In fact, he was crucified. Isaiah, man, it really pro uh, talks about it well in the prophecy about that. But Daniel says Messiah will be cut off or crucified by the people of the prince who is to come. The prince who is to come is the false Messiah, the Antichrist. All right, so who's the people of the prince to come? We know the Romans crucified Christ, right? And the Romans destroyed the temple in 70 AD. So we know the Romans were part of that exactly as foretold. In 70 AD, the Roman army under Titus destroyed Jerusalem, the temple, and carried away the temple artifacts. Now here's what's interesting. So many people say, well, oh, no, Jerusalem was never Jewish or Israel or all of that. But in Rome right now is what's called the Arch of Titus. If you go there, they call it the Arche de Tito. <laughs> we, I tried to find this for three days. Where's the Arch of Titus? We don't know what you're talking about. They call it Arche de Tito. <laughs> but on that arch is the menorah that the Roman soldiers carried out of the temple. This arch is in praise, we conquer Jerusalem and the Jews and Israel. So this began the great diaspora that was prophesied throughout the Old Testament. God said, if you break covenant with me, I will take you out of the land of Israel and spread you across the face of the earth. Deuteronomy 4.27, the Lord will scatter you among the peoples and you will be left few in number among the nations where the Lord drives you. There you will serve gods and work with man's hands of stone and neither see nor hear or eat, but from there 
You will seek the Lord, and you will find him if you search with him with all your heart. And when you are in distress, and all these things have come upon you, in the latter days, the the last days, you will return to the Lord your God and listen to his voice, and I will draw you back to the land. So Israel would become a wasteland. Uh, Deuteronomy 29:23, the Bible said Israel would become a wasteland. The prophecy was fulfilled. Mark Twain wrote this in 1867 about the land of Israel, which at the time was called Palestine. Palestine sits in sackcloth and ashes. The spell of a curse that has withered its fields, fettered its energies. Palestine is desolate, unlovely. It is a hopeless, dreary, heartbroken land. And if you look at pictures of Israel when it was still under Jordan and Egyptian control, the Edomites, the Palestinians who who lived there, were all from Jordan and uh, Egypt. No one wanted to live there. It was swamplands. There was malaria. It was a God-forsaken place because God cursed the land when Israel, the Jews, broke covenant with him. However, it was also prophesied that uh, Israel would return to the land, Zechariah 8.13. You have been an object of cursing among the nations. Was that fulfilled? Absolutely. They still are. Folks, do you see footage of college campuses in America today where Jews are walking to class, getting cussed out, spit on. It is crazy, the anti-Semitism that is still going on. You've been an object of cursing among the nations, O Judah and Israel, so I will save you, and you will be a blessing. Do not be afraid, but let your hands be strong. Ezekiel 36, 5, thus, therefore thus says the Lord God, surely in the fire of my jealousy I have spoken against the rest of the nations and against all Edom, that's Jordan and South Jordan, who appropriated my land for themselves as a possession. Guess who all the people who live in Palestine, once the Jews were cast out, it was Edomites. The people in the Gaza Strip right now today are Edomites. The West Bank, Edomites. All of this is fulfilled prophecy. Therefore prophesy concerning the land of Israel and say to the mountains and to the hills, to the ravines and to the valleys, thus says the Lord God, behold, I have spoken in my jealousy, my wrath. You have endured the insults of the nations. Edomites today, South Jordanians um, and, and Egyptians. By the way, the land wasn't called Palestine until Hadrian, the Roman emperor, called it that in 135 AD, so people would stop calling it Israel. Okay, this is historical fact, folks. This land belongs to Jews. It is the nation of Israel. It is not Palestine. Hadrian started calling it that. But we remember God's promise. In the last days... Isaiah 11, 11 and 12, the Lord will assemble the dispersed of Israel and gather together the scattered of Judah from the four corners of the earth. That's amazing. That began to happen in 1917 when Britain took over Palestine, which is Israel, and the Balfour Declaration called for all the Jews to come back to your homeland. Isn't that amazing? There's the Balfour Declaration. 
He wrote it on a napkin at the Imperial Hotel. <laughs> and then it was adopted. 1948, the Jews declared their independence. The Jews declared independence of Israel. This is the first time in 2,900 years, consider that, that Israel is both independent and united. Almost 3,000 years, God said in the last days, I'm going to bring you back and I'm going to make you a people again. For 3,000 years, they weren't. I want you to consider the significance of this. God preserved the Jewish people dispersed all over the world. They didn't assimilate into the cultures they went. They kept their Jewish, they had to, and God brought them back after almost 3,000 years. Two significant events happened in 1948. Well, we've already gone over that, but Israel, uh, the nation was established, and Rome was revived. The Western European Union came together in 1948. Both of those events had to happen in the last days and further had to happen before the rapture could happen. Israel had to be a nation and Rome had to be revived. And they both happened in 1948. Very interesting. The United States was the first country in the world to recognize the uh, Jewish state. Harry Truman typed this out himself <laughs> on his typewriter, made a mistake, had to add something, uh, and, and sent that, and this became the official document that uh, Congress adapted. Some other prophecies. Uh, the surrounding nations, May 15, 1948, all the countries, not all of them, but many of them, invade Israel within hours of the Declaration of Independence. They hate Israel. They lost. Israel prevails in the first Arab-Israeli war. Uh, Israel prevailed in the, uh, all the wars. 1967, the Six-Day War, they retake Jerusalem. 1968 to current, Jews began to buy property from the Palestinians, the people who were there. And by the way, most of the people that lived there were uh, nomadic sheep herders and nomadic things. But uh, all of that, in fact, that was prophesied in Jeremiah 32, 44. Fields will be bought with silver. Deeds will be signed, sealed, witness in the territory of Benjamin and the villages around Jerusalem and the towns of Judah and the towns of the hill country of the western foothills and the Negev because I will restore their fortunes, declares the Lord. 1973, the Yom Kippur War, exactly 50 years ago, uh, two days ago, and uh, Hamas attack. 1982, Hebrew became the official language of Israel. That was remarkable. Most people spoke Yiddish, you know, uh, they spoke languages for where they came, but they all brought back Israel. 1983, Israel became the top exporter of crops and fruit in the world. The Bible said in the last days, when I bring you back, you will make the desert bloom. Fulfilled prophecy. Isaiah 27, 6, in the days to come, Jacob will take root. Israel will bud and blossom and fill all the world with its fruit. Wow. All fulfilled prophecy. Isaiah 35, 1 and 2, the desert and the parched land will be glad. The wilderness, what did, what did uh, Mark Twain say about Israel? Oh, it was a desolate and 
God-forbidden sake. It will burst into bloom. It will rejoice greatly. Lebanon, all of that. So here's kind of before and after shots. Mark Twain's view <laughs> and what Israel looks like today. And here's a commercial from Israel. Hey everyone, welcome to the second video in our Chick Chak Chanaka 8 Days of Miracles series. After the War of Independence, Israel, surrounded by enemies on all sides, knew it would have to be self-sufficient. But the land was barren and had been ignored for centuries. Made up of malaria-ridden swampland and infertile desert, Mark Twain once described it in 1867 as a silent, mournful expanse, a desolation, hardly a tree or shrub anywhere. In kibbutznik hats like this, they came from Europe, Russia, America, England, Iraq, Egypt, and of course, the land itself, rolled up their sleeves and got to work. Malaria malaria! After World War II, you think some hungry, hungry mosquitoes are going to intimidate these new Israelis? I don't think so. They built dams, tapped aquifers, developed fertilization techniques and drip irrigation. They planted forests. Yes, those people who said they bought you a tree in Israel for your bar or bat mitzvah actually did. Look at them now. Fast forward, their hard work paid off. Not only has Israel given an extreme home makeover to those swamp lands and deserts, turning them into fruitful orchards and lush greenery, sure to make you tear up after a walkthrough. Israel also leads the anti-desertification field and is one of only two countries to enter the 21st century with more trees than it had at the beginning of the 20th century. Making the desert bloom. Now that is a miracle. Pretty cool, right? <laughs> Isaiah 41, 18, I will make rivers flow on barren heights and springs within the valleys. I will turn the desert into pools of water and parts ground into springs. I will put in the desert the cedar, the acacia, the myrtle, the olive. I will set pines in the wasteland, the fir and the cypress together so that the people may see and know and may consider and understand that the hand of the Lord has done this, that the Holy One of Israel has created it. And it is nothing short of miraculous what these Jews did with the land of Israel. I want you to consider they, they came from the four corners of the earth from 1917 to 1948. That's not very long. And they built so much in that short period of time. But I want you to tell you, every war, the war they fought in 1948, it wasn't their military might. They really didn't have a military. They weren't even a country. They couldn't have a military. The guns they had, they were smuggled in and were hiding. There was a canning factory that they started making ammunition at the factory, hidden from the other people. It was all a hidden thing. This was a miracle that God said in the last days, I will draw my people, the Jews, back to the land that I gave their forefathers. It is nothing short of a miracle. It's amazing. 1989, the Iron Curtain fell, allowing Jews to leave Russia. They couldn't before that. Remember that? Who remembers Iron Curtain? All of that, yeah. All right, so Zechariah 2.6. Ho there, flee from the land of the north, declares the Lord. For I have dispersed you as the four winds of the heavens, declares the Lord. 
And Isaiah 56, 8, the Lord God who gathers the dispersed of Israel declares, yet others I will gather to them to those already gathered. And that started being fulfilled in 1989. Are world events lining up? Absolutely. God has given us all the signs we need. In fact, speaking of the rapture, Paul wrote in 1 Thessalonians 5, Now, brothers, about the times and dates, about the rapture, we do not need to write to you, for we know full well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But you, brothers, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you like a thief." So God has given us signs. So what happens next in the Bible prophecy timeline? Okay, the Bible has told us what would happen. And it seems the geopolitical climate of the whole world is lining up exactly as the Bible predicted. The call for globalization. Bible predicted that. Uh, Rise of LGBTQ, loss of morals, men calling good, bad, and bad good, increased racial tensions, call for a cashless monetary system. All of these, the Bible predicted the world would be this way, so we need to run to the Bible. These and many more signs. The Bible says in the last days, Jerusalem would be the focus of the world, a trembling cup for the world. So funny, that tiny country. Have you ever looked on a map? It's, a, it's like a sliver, and all the countries around it are huge, and it's the tiniest little country, and the whole world has been focused on that land. Russia, Iran, Turkey, Syria, and others would form an alliance. Uh, Egypt, Lebanon, Palestine, which is now the Gaza Strip, Jordan, Iraq, and a few others would form an alliance separate from the Russian-Iranian-Syrian alliance, part of Syria. So the Bible predicted all of that, and guess what? Those alliances are in place today, right now. Israel back in the land with Jerusalem as its capital and the world against Jerusalem. So we've already gone over the timeline, so I'm not going to do it again because it's too tiny. (laughs) All right, so uh, there's two wars that I believe are going to be the catalysts for the Antichrist to come on the scene. The two wars that are left all involve Israel and nations coming against Israel. The two wars are the Psalm 83 and the Ezekiel 37, 38 uh, plus nations. None of the nations, they're all different nations. And the Bible predicted these two wars in the last days. So the Psalm 83, Edom, Palestinian South Jordan, Ishmaelites, North Saudis, just North Saudi, uh, others, Moab, Palestinian Central Jordan, Hagarites, Hagarenes, Egyptians, uh, Hezbollah, North Lebanon, Palestinians, North Jordanians, Arabs of the Sinai area, Hamas and the Gaza Strip, and we see that war happening today, right now. Tyre, which is uh, Lebanon, Hezbollah, Assyria, part of uh, Syria, and part of Iraq, and and ISIS. So that is the Psalm 83 nations that are going to come against Israel. What's happening today with Hamas, 
the Gaza Strip attacking Israel could be a catalyst for that war to break out. Because we know Iran and Syria uh, and uh, Hezbollah in Lebanon right now have been, Hezbollah has been launching uh, attacks into Israel for the past two months. Have you read about this? But just one or two missiles, you know, <laughs> there's, there's a missile, there's a missile. Uh, with Hamas, fully, this is a full-on assault. Thousands of missiles, ground troops. This is war. M make no mistake about it. Why would not Hezbollah now say, let's, let's make a northern front? And why not those in Syria? In Syria, uh, let's take back the Golan Heights. Because Israel took the Golan Heights from Syria, but it was rightfully theirs in the beginning. And it's strategic in that area, the Golan Heights there. And so why would they all not be thinking, why don't we all attack? If they do, folks, that could be the Psalm 83 war. Now, I want you to know something significant about the Ezekiel 38 war. Gog, Magog, we believe, is Russia. Do we know that for sure? No. But it is due north from Jerusalem. So I think it is. Russia has an alliance with Syria. Are you with me? So if Syria attacks Israel, guess what? Isaiah 17 said, in the, in, in, in the kind of the last days, it's inferred, Damascus will become a ruinous heap. Damascus is the capital of Syria. So I believe in the Psalm 83 war, Israel is going to fight back and somehow Damascus is going to be wiped out, the capital of Syria. And we know the big bear of the north in Ezekiel 38, I believe it's Russia, it says, as a hook is put in your jaw, you will be drawn down into this battle. So I think the Psalm 83, which right now what's happening could be a catalyst for that. It might not be. I mean, it might resolve and we still might have hundreds of years. We don't know. But it seems to me that prophecy is lining up. It really does. So that could be a catalyst. If the Psalm 83 war broke out and uh, Damascus is destroyed, um, by the way, Israel will prevail in that war, the Bible tells us. That will be the hook that draws Russia against Israel. And that will be the Russia conglomerate of nations, which none of them are the Psalm 83 nations. So that would be uh, Russia, Iran, Ethiopia, Libya, those are all uh, Muslim countries in Africa, uh, parts of Turkey, Pakistan, Iraq, uh, modern-day Turkey, part of uh, Afghanistan, and part of Sudan. I didn't put it up there. So that will be the other war, and that war, when that's over, the Antichrist will be the one that finally brings a peace to that war, to both those wars. Does that make sense? Okay. I, so this is crazy stuff. I mean, this is like, whoa, <laughs> grab your popcorn kind of stuff. You know, you read the Bible, you read the headlines, and it's like, whoa, oh my goodness. It's just crazy. And you see that New York Times, strange bedfellows, Russia, Turkish, Iranian access, aligning up. Well, the Bible predicted it in Ezekiel 38. <laughs> it's amazing.
All right, so what time is it? Oh, we've got four minutes. Yeah, by the way, the United Arab Emirates are not part of any of those wars, and Trump negotiated that peace in 2021 between Israel and the United Arab Emirates. So that was actually predicted in the Bible as well. All right, so right now the nations are aligning just as the Bible predicted, and it is just amazing. So the alliance is this, Babylon, we're going to cover that in, as we're uh, Wednesday nights going through the book of Revelation. But I believe the only candidate, at least right now, for end times Babylon is the United States. Um, and I'll talk about that later. The, uh, the European Union is Rome revived, especially the Western European Union. It's the exact footprint of the ancient Roman Empire. Gog Magog Alliance are all those red countries that you see right there. King of the South. Psalm 83 countries, you can barely see them, but they're the yellow countries right around the little nation of Israel. And by the way, that little dot, oh, you can't barely even see it right there, is Israel. Yeah. All right, so those are the alliances. So, um, wow, we, we just uh, are, are, we need to be witnessing, we need to keep the faith, and we can't worry, amen? Because God loves us, he's going to be with us through all of this stuff, and I am going to skip a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> I'm skipping. Oh, my goodness gracious. Maybe I skipped. I, I probably skipped the worship song. <laughs> okay, excuse me. Uh, I, I've, I've been dealing with a migraine all, well, yeah, but all week. So I, I, I only work maybe half a day all week. Um, ne never got a migraine that lasted this long. But what's amazing, I woke up this morning, still had it, but God took it. I just said, Lord, please let me preach. And it's gone. It, it, it went away. So uh, anyway, that's why I'm discombobulated today. <laughs> let me find our last worship song. All right, so... Um, I don't know about you, but it's easy for me to get stuck in a rut. What do I mean by that? It, it's like every day I just do the same thing. Get up, feed the pups, walk the pups, make a cup of coffee, get my Bible, open my computer, do my devotions, pray, go to my office, prepare my patient load for the day, who am I going to see? jump on a morning huddle, see my patients, come home, do the same thing every day, every day, same thing. Folks, I really believe in the days ahead that God is looking for people that are going to be open to get out of their safety zone. Are you with me? So 
and instead of like uh, what, whatever common thing you do, be open for the leading of God. Be open like, uh, man, you need to go to Starbucks to get a coffee. And be open to say, Lord, what Starbucks do you want me to go to? And be looking for people to share the love and good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ with. Because Jesus said in our text next week, as we get back into Luke chapter 10, it's in chapter 10 of Luke that Jesus said, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And folks, the rapture will not happen until that last Gentile comes to the Lord. God knows the number. Remember, God is not slow about his promises. Some count slowness, but is not willing that any perish, but all come to repentance. All that number. When the fullness of the Gentiles, Paul wrote, comes in, oh, then all Israel will be saved. Why? Because the bride of Christ, the church, the fullness of the Gentiles come in. We're raptured. And now God is going to again deal with the nation of Israel directly. Man. That last Gentile when they come in. So let's be ambassadors of God's kingdom. Let's share the light and love of Jesus with a lost and hurting world. It's a day to make changes for the better. Some people don't like change, but what do you need to change? And here's my little homily, my, my little sermon after the prophecy. Don't just do the same thing. There's something maybe the Holy Spirit has put on your heart. I should not do that, or I should do this, or something different. The compass of our life is Scripture. The biggest proofs of the Bible is uh, fulfilled prophecy, which we're seeing before our very eyes. There's nothing to fear as men and women of God, because we're children of God. Amen? Uh, Father God, I, I thank you that you love us. Lord, I thank you that despite all the stupid things we do, or at least I do, God, you forgive us. Lord Jesus, we thank you that the blood that you shed on the cross of Calvary, you paid the price for all of our sins. Not just some of them, but all of them. So Lord, this morning, or whoever is watching online, God, we pray that you would forgive us of all our transgressions. Lord, that you would cleanse us and make us white as snow. Lord, we thank you that you love us despite our faults. So God, I pray that you would help us to be filled with your Holy Spirit, to shine bright your light and love to our friends, our family, and those in our sphere of influence. Let us be a light to them. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Satisfies my need. Thank you for listening to Staying the Course with Pastor Brett Peterson. If you would like a copy of this message or would like to submit a prayer request or comment, contact us at 949-888-5777 or email us at info at ccbcu.edu. God bless you as you seek and serve him. Remember, stay the course, and we'll see you next week. I love your word, I love the way it comforts me, strengthens and restores my soul.
satisfies my need. I love.